Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. I am Brian, and yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about just reactions, no spoilers, uh, to uh, Ryan Johnson's latest entry into the Knives Out franchise, which is it's now a franchise. We're getting a third movie, but I've got Connor from Cinefied on the podcast. We both got to see this movie on Monday. Welcome, Connor. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Hey, uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Let's just start here. Yeah, the uh, the premise, and I'm just going to read this off Wikipedia. Tech billionaire Miles Braun invites his friends and Detective Benoit Blanc for a murder mystery party getaway on Glass Onion, his private Greek island. However, when someone turns up dead for real, Blanc must crack the case and discover who the killer is. And so, yeah, we've got like, you know, this is just par for the course for these Knives Out movies. Uh, we've got this ensemble cast. Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista. Uh, I was surprised by some of the cameos, uh, especially Ethan Hawke and uh, Angela Lansbury kind of blew my mind. Um, and then I also found out that Joseph Gordon-Levitt, of course, makes his classic Ryan Johnson cameo appearance in the uh, in the movie. Did you know what that was? No, I did not know that he uh, was in it. I actually commented to my friend who came with me to the screening and uh, was like, I uh, I was amazed he was not in the film because oh, he was yeah. in Knives Out 1. Yeah, he's he? he's in this one. Uh, tell me if this sound sounds if this sounds familiar. Dong. Oh, you know. What oh. I'm t- yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, so I, you know, we both got – how? what was your theater experience like? Did you have a lot of other critics in there with you as well? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I had quite a few uh, – it was a pretty packed uh, – compared to the normal critic screening, it was a pretty packed screening. Um, everybody was uh, buzzing about the film uh, prior to it and uh, uh, was just guessing who the killer was, who was going to be murdered. Uh, they were just having fun back and forth. Uh, and then once the film started going, it was actually a pretty quiet theater for the entire thing. Generally, uh, at the critic screenings, there's not a lot of like laughter or it's just a lot of concentrating on the film. You, um, yeah, I noticed. you had a completely different experience than I did. I mean, I, the theater was packed, but on the flip side, it was laugh out loud from all the critics in in the theater throughout the entire movie. Like, it was oh, wow. boisterous laughing. I'm not even joking. So it was completely different experience when I saw it in Chicago. So it was, yeah, there was a lot of laugh out loud moments and critics were, there, there was one particular critic that was howling through a lot, through certain parts of this movie. So yeah, <laughs> it was completely different experience for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved to have that experience because uh, definitely at times when I was uh, laughing at the certain jokes, I kind of felt like I was the odd man out. 
Sorry, I've got to get my cat off the table. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, what did you? I, I mean, we have a rating system here, and uh, toss it, taste it, Tupperware. Um, what did you think of? I don't have the rating system ready to play. That's why I'm not playing it. Toss it if we hated it, taste it if we liked it, and Tupperware if we loved it. Um, what did you think about Glass Out, uh, Glass Onion, uh, A Knives Out Mystery? I, I just to basically put it uh, as easy as I can put it, I was disappointed with it. Uh, I basically I had such high expectations from the first film. Uh, there was just something missing with this film. Uh, but I, I mean, I still enjoyed myself. And I think on repeat viewings, it's going to really speak to me more. Uh, and uh, maybe if I go see it with a more active crowd, maybe it will speak to me even more. But at the moment, I sit at a high taste it because I did really enjoy it. Uh, but it's nowhere near the Tupperware that uh, Knives Out the first film was. I see. I'm, I'm in the complete opposite camp. I, I absolutely adored this movie. I uh, had a wonderful time with the crowd that I saw it with. I, I feel like this movie begs you to go see it in the theater. It's 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 just kind of a shame that it's going to be dropping on Netflix on December 23rd and that it's only going to have like a couple weeks in the theaters and for people to really get out there and watch this one. I'm hoping that most people will try to find the time to see this one, especially, you know, during the Thanksgiving you know, Thanksgiving season, I hope people will make it out to the, I absolutely loved it. I thought, uh, it was brilliantly executed. I thought the mystery was fantastic. I thought the, all the actors were just very well cast. Edward Norton was such a shit bag. I loved the flashbacks in this one. And they did something that I think is just super comical with the flashbacks where they change, you know, they're showing them much younger and they change the hairstyles and stuff like that. And it really reminded me of like <laughs> when you'd get those flashbacks in like a sitcom like Friends or in How I Met Your Mother, how ridiculous. Their, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like how ridiculous their hair would look at the time. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is way over the top. But it was super funny to me. I thought Janelle Monet really shined in this movie. Of course, Daniel Craig brings it as Benoit Blanc. Um, Dave Batista really shocked me as to how, uh, how good he was in this. I mean, I know the guy takes acting seriously. I mean, I've listened to him in interviews, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, and he takes it really seriously. He's not one of these guys that just like, Oh, I got the role. Um, you know, uh, I'm just going to be playing the big bruiser guy. No, he's like, I'm, I'm really getting into acting. I'm, I'm taking lessons. I'm, I'm really learning. And I think, I think he really knocked it out of the park in this one. And then Kate Hudson was like comic relief every time she would say something. And of course, you know that she was playing kind of like, uh, the ditzy airhead, but man, she did it so well. And, um, I, I loved it. I, I think the only characters that I, I guess I wanted a little bit more from that I feel like didn't shine as bright as some of the others. I felt like Catherine Hahn, we know what she can do and she was fine mm -hmm. in this, but she didn't really get like a ton. And then Jessica Henwick was really on the back burner. I thought that they were really going to kind of propel her character a little bit more in this and shock us with some things and really didn't. So, but overall, I was just, I, I loved the mystery. I loved the setting. Um, did you get kind of like a, were they trying to go for like an Elon Musk slash Steve Jobs vibe for, for Edward Norton's character? 
I I get that feeling, but uh, like I don't know how. Like I guess that the, it was basically aimed at Elon Musk, and then it's probably just going to be a lot more topical now with everything that Musk has been kind of putting himself through. <laughs> so uh, I think it's definitely aimed at him. I think more than Steve Jobs. Yeah, because it's just uh, people people believe that he's such a smart guy. And I think uh, Ryan Johnson is basically putting this character as basically a fictional version of him being like, yeah, he's he's not that smart. The reason why I said Steve Jobs is because there is a moment in the movie where he's kind of dressed in like the all black kind of like, you know, long sleeve shirt that really reminded me of like Steve Jobs stepping on the podium, you know, getting ready to unveil the new Apple phone. And I was just like, okay, he's trying to, he's trying oh, to, okay. trying to look the part here of like the tech billionaire. So, okay, I, I thought you brought it up just because he he uh, awards iPads to people. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another thing that I really enjoyed about this movie, like just the comedy in general, was I thought top notch. I mean the the way, um, you know, like. Even in real life, you've got all these celebrities that are making their own products. You know, Ryan Reynolds is doing alcohol and Mint Mobile and The Rock is doing energy drinks. You've got, you know, the Kardashians involved in fashion and makeup and all this stuff. And, you know, the celebrities that were doing the the <laughs> kombucha drinks and the and the hot sauce stuff i just thought it was just super funny and the way that they incorporated that into the movie i thought was brilliant i i got a kick out of it do you think they had to ask permission from those celebrities to get their name their faces well i guess the one celebrity you never saw his face but you definitely saw the one oh, on yeah. the hot sauce yeah they probably floated it their way you know um yeah you know, it's one of those things where, right. you know, like you don't have to – I always wondered like, oh, do you have to pay Disney if you talk about Star Wars in your movie? And it's like Kevin Smith talked about Star Wars quite a bit in Clerks and that movie cost him $30,000. I don't think that – you know, I think that you can kind of bring that stuff, real world stuff up into your movies and not have to pay a fee. But as far as like putting his – you know, I'm sure that Renner got paid because they used his picture. So, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so, and I, I'm happy for uh, Renner getting a little extra money over, over the other guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Uh, I don't, man. But, yeah, no, that, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, I, I, I just really, uh, I like this probably just as much as the first. And I, I, I think it's one of those that I'm definitely going to be going to see in the theater again to see it with another crowd to see how they react. But I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that it's it has a very similar uh, layout to the first. Like they, it has the backstory that helps develop like uh, aspects of the story and, and helps you move the story along. Uh, my big problem and the humor in this film, uh, especially with uh, uh, I always screw up his first name, but it's been Benoit Blanc. Is that his name? Yeah. Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Benoit Blanc. Okay. I always mess up the first name. Uh, Benoit Blanc. I think he, Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc is excellent. I think I want 
tons more of him. And I love that that I saw in the interview where he basically just made up the accent again. So it's not exactly the same accent as the first film. So if you watch it a double feature, it's gonna, it's gonna be very different. Uh, he was saying that he just kind of made it up, but the uh, the jokes to me really landed with him. And it, uh, but I just think some of the jokes with the other characters kind of uh, kind of were all over the place. I I really my big issue though is that uh, with Dives Out One, you have the family who's despicable, but then you have Ana de Armas who's a very sweet as as far as we know a very sweet girl. And then Christopher Plummer, you know, he's uh, nice to her and then he's mean to his family. So he's kind of, you root for him in some ways too. So you have two people you root for in there and you root for Daniel Craig to be successful in a way. Uh, But this film, I didn't want to root for any of them except for Daniel Craig. All of them are despicable. (laughs) There's no, they're like, until, until like you learn halfway through a twist like, I didn't want to root for any of them. So half the film, it's like, why should I care about any of these people? Like, if one dies or not? You get what I'm saying? No, I understand. I, I would just, uh, I would. Or no. I understand what you're saying. I would just have to say that I was rooting for a particular character um, very early in the movie. Um, I guess I would say Janelle Monet would be the one that you're kind of rooting for. So, you know, she seemed like that she was the the one on the outs, right? So she was the one that I was rooting for throughout this. And so, um, but I'm, I'm there again, I'm there kind of like for the ride. I mean, in, you know, if you watch certain, not every movie that we're going to see is going to be somebody that you can always kind of like root for, I mean, look at the movie Parasite when it comes down to it, like what they're doing in that movie. I, I still love the movie, but they're very – It's what they're doing, they're doing things that are very deceptive in that movie. So it's really even hard to root for those characters. I just – I'm there for the story, whether – you know, so – yeah. But uh, yeah, I yeah, I guess, and that's that's the reason why I think that there's a good chance that once I see it again, then my reaction or my overall opinion of the film might rise. But um, yeah, it's just going in with certain expectations from the first to this film. I, I, I sequels to me, just uh, I feel like there should be aspects that continue on in the second film, and I just thought it would follow a similar formula where there was just. At, from the start, someone that I could immediately root for. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I can so, see that. But, I like yeah, I, I like the okay. kind of like you know like not the the not knowing kind of like being Benoit Blanc in this situation and not knowing and trying to figure it out on the fly yourself and and you know that was part of the fun for me is like the whole not knowing of like this mystery and what's really going on here and like that's why i i i adored the flashbacks and and uh um being able to kind of see like some of the interactions that we had seen before see them play out a little bit longer um and uh you know, not sacrificing any of the comedy and i'm really hoping that Ryan Johnson will do something similar that he did in for the first movie, was he came out with like his own commentary that you could go to a website and then listen to it as the movie played, which I did. So I saw the movie, 
And then I went to – and then I loved the movie, absolutely loved it, and then found out that he had his website there where he'd recorded, like, director's commentary about it and the actors and stuff like that. And so I went back to the movie theater, popped in my earbuds and watched it again, and it was like watching a completely different movie. But then it made me want to watch it again. So I saw Knives Out a third time in the theater uh, just because of the – you know, the director's commentary. So I'm hoping that he does something like that again. That Because I don't know if this is going to be coming out on physical Blu-ray, anything, since it now is Netflix. And Netflix doesn't always do that. I know they do that with some of their big time stuff. Like they did it with like the first two seasons of Daredevil, the first season of Jessica Jones. And I think they might still do it for Stranger Things. But everything else, it's like you have to go to Netflix in order to watch it. So... I don't know if they're going to have like a yeah, director. I don't think they still do that. Yeah. I, I think they stopped, yeah, except for their like ones they're trying to get awards for. Then they usually let them be a release on like Criterion. So like Criterion did Marriage Story and Criterion did The Irishman. So but yeah. I don't I don't think they generally, if it's not an awards film, they don't generally put it out on Blu-ray, yeah. which is unfortunate because they actually, I'm I'm a completionist, so it would be nice to have the 4K of Knives Out and Glass Onion next to each other. But you know, I know. probably with Netflix, that will never happen. I've got I've got my Knives Out uh, on Blu-ray, and it's like, yeah, I would like to have something next to that because I love these movies, and I like to be able to, you know, watch them. Especially because you know they can say it's 4K, but unless you have like a direct connection, it's I you don't know what you're streaming at half the time. So I don't trust the whole. Netflix 4K stuff anyway, but um, I loved the movie. I thought everybody just did a fantastic job. Um, I do think that, you know, Captain Hahn kind of uh, – I loved her. I loved her in this, but it's like I think she could have done more. Uh, I think they could have gave her more. And then they really didn't give Jessica Henwick a lot to do at all. So I would say the same thing with uh, – uh, hold on a sec. What's her name? Madeline? Yeah, Madeline Klein. I could say the same with whiskey. Oh, whiskey! I feel yeah. like whiskey didn't have a ton either. Uh, um, I just feel like she was just kind of there. Uh, besides, I mean, Kate Hudson had a lot, and uh, Janelle Monae had a lot. But yeah, I agree. Catherine Hahn, uh, Jessica, Hen- yeah, Jessica Henwick, and Madeline Klein—they all kind of sunk in the background, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and to an extent, also, uh, I think Leslie Odom Jr. too kind of was forced in the background it, it was it was mainly like like a daniel craig janelle monet dave batista kate hudson and edward norton like were like always in the front yeah yeah oh yeah 100 percent um yeah but this movie always had me guessing it always had me guessing always had me wondering i think by the time the movie ended i'd probably guessed like you know three or four different people who i thought was going to be the killer and um yeah I, yeah it was just I thought it was a very satisfying mystery, satisfying ending. Um, very fun. Yeah, just an eclectic group, too. Like all these people that he brings to this island, he has like, a you know, years and years and years of friendship with. And, you know, you've got, uh, you know, uh, Dave Bautista, who plays like this YouTube star and he's a men's rights activist. And then you've got Kate Hudson, who's a supermodel who's turned fashion designer. And she's also getting canceled left and right for basically making stupid 
racist remarks and we keep finding out that you know she keeps she it's not like just one thing it's like multiple things that she's been called out on saying and <laughs> and uh yeah leslie odom jr plays like the scientist who works for miles who's yeah. coming up with like you know this new energy source that they've been working on Catherine hahn is playing a uh, a governor running for senate and um i mean just uh, just a just a ton of like different just this crazy group of people all brought together and i i just loved it i love seeing them get on the island and how they all kind of you know handled miles and what they were all trying to w- want to get out of miles or what miles wanted to get out of them and i loved i man i hope you yeah. get to see this movie and your your opinion changes but um it's hard it, it i sequels are hard sequels are hard but i think yeah. I think Ryan Johnson did a fantastic job. Would you still recommend that people see this one in the movie theater? Yeah, if you get a chance, for sure, uh, I highly recommend seeing it, uh, especially this upcoming week with Thanksgiving coming up with the because it's almost guaranteed to have a packed crowd. So I, I hopefully the packed crowd's not annoying, but uh, if they're enjoying the film like they should, it should be a really great experience. And then if not, uh, unfortunately, I think. You said multiple weeks, but I believe it's just playing for the week of Thanksgiving, and then it's uh, and then it's disappearing. I thought it was I, I thought it was getting a two week run, so that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, you could be correct. That's I, I, just what I heard. It was one week, but yeah, it could be uh, the next two weeks. Yeah, and then you have to wait a whole month. So. I, I would highly recommend everybody uh, who enjoyed the first film uh, go out and, and see this film because because it's it's mainly the Daniel Craig. Uh, like if you love that Daniel Craig character and you had fun with that Daniel Craig character in the first film, you're going to love him in this film. He has some hilarious jokes uh, that are really the jokes that stuck with me uh, throughout the film. And, and when I was out in the theater uh, talking to several critics afterwards, we were talking about some of the jokes that stuck out, like uh, a certain clues joke and, and uh, uh, one joke, Brian, which, which uh, is my favorite, one of my favorite jokes in the film, which included uh, calling someone uh, dumb. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, that, that, that delivery was perfect. And Daniel Craig is just awesome. And I hope I hope now with his bond being done that he can just have fun with this character for the next one and maybe more to come. We'll see how many they do overall. But, uh, yeah, highly recommend. I know we're getting a third. I don't know if they've uh, discussed maybe doing a fourth, but I just don't see how these are profitable for Netflix. That's the problem. Because they, they paid Craig $100 million, they paid Ryan Johnson $100 million, and they're paying the rest of the cast however much. So I don't, think, don't... I don't think they are. I, I think that Netflix just was, I think, you know, uh, part of the whole streaming wars is like just buying stuff up. And, you know, they bought up Mark Miller. They bought Ryan Murphy. They bought, you know, Ryan Johnson. They've been just buying up stuff. And I think that they're finding out that they just can't spend money like that. They're never going to get in the black if they continue to just sink deeper and farther into the red. And it's not like their subscriptions have gone up and that's why they're raising prices. And that's why they're going to be monitoring people for sharing passwords. It's just, they, I think that they're having the same problems that other streaming services are having like Peacock, who is like just drowning and, and some of these other streaming services. So, 
Yeah, it's. I don't think they're. Gonna, I don't think they're going to be able to keep going at the pace and 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 the spending that they've been doing. Warner Brothers has felt it too with HBO Max. That's why they're we're seeing a shift there, and then you know not doing these big tentpole movies just direct you know for the service. That yeah, you know the money. I felt like everybody panicked during the pandemic, and they're like, this is just. You know, the new normal. Now everybody's just going to be watching at home. No more theaters. Theaters are going to – and I feel like they're going to have to go back to an old model where they're going to have to start selling these movies to like Star, Showtime, HBO and, and things like that. I think it's just yeah. more profitable. So as opposed well, to – And you see you see most recently with uh, – with Par- Yep. Sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, my mic cut out for a sec so I couldn't hear you keep talking. Sorry. Uh Basically, you saw in uh, the past couple of days, like Paramount has kind of backtracked on some of their streaming choices. I mean, I would say Paramount is one of the most, uh, I wouldn't say profitable, but it's, it's one of the most, uh, I feel like it's the most advertised. And it's aside from Netflix and uh, Netflix and Disney Plus, I think it's up there with HBO Max and being talked about the most. I think no one talks about Peacock. Like I, I say something about Peacock to someone and they're like, what's that? But Paramount Plus, I think, is is striving in a lot of ways because they have all their reality shows, their soap operas. They got all, all kinds of stuff, especially now with Christmas. They have a bunch of Christmas themed stuff. But they realize with Smile that they shouldn't be going full on stream because Smile was originally just supposed to be a streaming film. Yeah. And then they put it in theaters and it made 200, $200 million dollars. Yeah. Off like, a, I don't know how much the budget was, but I imagine it couldn't have been more than like 10, 12 million. It led so, the box office for two weeks straight. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and I know they're, the Paramount's kind of going to go straight on horror from now on for a lot of their films. Hopefully they'll, you know, stick with some action adventure and maybe we'll see another Top Gun. But also, I mean, I'm cool with them venturing more into horror as long as they keep up the, you know, the, uh, the quality over quantity. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, think about, you know, how cheaply made some of the horror movies are, especially like the Blumhouse stuff when he first came out. They were like five million or less. And then think of the profit. So it just makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It just makes uh, sense. But circling back to Knives Out or Glass Onion, as it's called, do you think uh, Glass Onion uh, it should have been called that? Because I don't think it should have. Because <laughs> I talked to a few people and I go, I've seen Glass Onions tonight. And they go, what's that? But if I were, oh, I'm like, oh, it's Knives Out 2. They're like, there's a Knives Out 2 coming. So it's like I feel like their marketing in general Netflix is terrible at. But I feel like uh, calling it something and then kind of having at the bottom a Knives Out mystery is not a good way to market it. Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess it goes just with uh, what Star Wars does, right? You know, like – Star Wars has a different yeah, and, and for like the solo movies, they were like you know solo a Star Wars story. So yeah, I I mean I personally liked you know just a play on the word knives for like the next movie. Like a lot of people were saying like oh have it take place at an inn and call it Knives Inn I N N. And I like some of the or yeah. just or just simply call it Knives Out too. I think you're right. I'm not gonna say that you know oh Glass Onion that's the I think he thought like that's a clever title. The studio is like, okay, we're giving you all this control of the movie. Can we do this one little thing and call it a knives out mystery? And he's like, okay, I don't know if Ryan Johnson would have just called it glass onion. You know, I don't know. Is that like a pretentious thing? Yeah. yeah it sounds pretentious, but <laughs> I think you're right, man. I think it's, it's, yeah. it, 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 
doesn't help the movie calling it glass onion. Yeah. And, uh, the, one of the issues myself and my, my friend who accompanied me to the film had with, uh, the first act of glass onion. And I'm wondering if you'll agree, uh, is that it feels the first act like, yeah, you get to meet these characters, but I don't think they're, they have a whole thing over like, I don't even know how they're communicating. Just like, I, I don't know if they're video calling or if that's just for us to see, or they're just phone calling one another, but it's just none of the humor in where they're trying to solve, uh, miles's mysteries in order to get an invite to come to his Island. I don't think any of that really worked for me. I don't think there was a need to do this big, broad, like puzzle box at the beginning. I think it should have just started at the pier cut to the opening with Daniel Craig's suitcase and him standing at the pier. And they're like, who's this guy? I, I think we should have just been introduced to the characters on the pier with the even Hawk and all that. I, I don't think we needed that whole introduction thing. I, it just seemed like an unnecessary part of the film. I kind of loved it. And I'll just say this, that we hadn't okay. met miles yet in that movie. And it just gives you an idea of like, how brilliant this guy thinks he is and like oh look you know like he's setting up this whole murder mystery for the weekend for his friends to come out and he's got it all and i'm gonna set it off like that with this you know this this box that you're gonna have to figure out all these puzzles and then just like the interactions with them on the phone especially dave batista's mom in this i thought she was yeah. very funny kind of and um and uh, the way that uh, Kate Hudson would react to some of the puzzles and then Catherine Hahn making fun of her, I thought was pretty funny. So by the time you get to the island and you and you kind of get a sense of like how eccentric and weird this Miles Braun character is that Edward Norton plays and how much smarter he thinks he is than everyone else. And just to see kind of Benoit Blanc be able to, you know – the world's greatest detective be able to solve some of these things with, with, you know, not even breaking a sweat. I, I felt was pretty yeah. funny. I, I, I liked Benoit Blanc being kind of like his foil in this for somebody that's just so pompous and arrogant and, you know, egotistical. But, um, I quite enjoyed that stuff. I, I, I think maybe it goes back to my crowd, Connor. I don't know if like, if we would have yeah. switched, if we would have switched theaters and I would have been in your screening where there wasn't a lot of reaction, maybe I'd be feeling yeah. a little bit differently about this movie. That's another reason why I was thinking like, see this in a packed movie theater. Cause I don't know how I'd feel about that kind of stuff watching it at home. Yeah. 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 It, it just, uh, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I, I just think it, it could just come down to who you watch it with. It doesn't necessarily have to be a packed theater. It could just be the people you're watching with it, even at home. Yeah. It's just I don't think this is a film to watch by yourself. It's just someone it's it's a film to watch with someone who uh, is actively going to watch it with you, uh, interact, try to solve the mystery with you, have fun with the mystery and uh, is not like, you know, on their phone the entire time while watching it on their couch, uh, watching Netflix, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's something that you should have an attentive audience with you, whether it be an entire crowd or just a few people. Uh, and I think maybe that will heighten the experience, but 
Did you? En- I, I mean, that's yet to be seen for me, but obviously you truly enjoyed the film. So yeah. I, I'm excited to see it again to see if my opinion does change. Yeah, um, I, I I probably know the answer for you, but did you prefer the original cast over this cast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I did. I uh, I'm just everybody like I if you put them individually, I I love both casts and I just think this cast just felt way more mainstream to me and a knives out one felt more like not the, like the people you'll see like, I mean, they're not like, I don't know. It's just knives out one to me. It has more people that you wouldn't see so much in films, like at like the top, like blockbusters while like this film to me, you got Dave Bautista, you got Kate Hudson, who used to be a huge like rom-com star. You got, uh, Edward Norton, who was the Hulk for a minute. And he's, you know, he's prior to that in recent years, him and Kate Hudson have kind of fallen off, but they've like Edward Norton was a huge movie star, uh, back in the early two thousands. And it's just, you got those people that have such a big, I don't know, appeal to modern audiences. And then I feel like you have Tony Collette, you got Jamie Lee Curtis, you got Michael Shannon. Uh, so you got uh, Ana de Armas, who is brand new to the scene. Uh, it's just basically, and then you got Daniel Craig for both films, you know, but it's just, I just feel like the first film just had a lot more surprise because they're not, they're just, they can, I can invest more in their characters versus this one where I'm like, Oh, that's Edward Norton. That's Kate Hudson. It's just, it just pulled me out more. Yeah. I, the Kate Hudson one, I, I felt like this was kind of like her comeback. I felt like, you know, just watching, uh, John Travolta and Pulp Fiction kind of like making his comeback. I felt like this was that movie where Ryan Johnson was like, you know, you've been kind of dormant for yeah. a while. So, you know, I'm going to give you your comeback here. And, and, um, you know, Dave Batista, I, I think, I think, I think like he's a director's actor. Like they just, I think he's a lovable guy that they just kind of like want to work with. Um, yeah, I, I, I see it's, a, I, I see it's a pretty blended cast as far as like who's hot, who's not. Edward Norton's not as big as he used to be, you know, so, um, but yeah, Catherine Hahn yeah. is up and coming. Like everybody's wanting to get her ever since, uh, you know, Agatha and I mean, everybody's wanting to get Catherine Hahn involved in their projects, but I don't know. I see it's a pretty blended cast and, um, yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made there, but yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're right in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. So what, which, which cast did you prefer? Did you prefer this cast or the first film's cast? It's, it's too fresh. It's too fresh, man. I, I'm, I'm coming right off of this one. So okay. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'd have to watch these back to back to really come back and give you like an honest answer. I, Cause I enjoyed them both. Um, the, the, I felt they were both very satisfying. So it's hard. Did you, uh, we talked earlier about Joe Gordon Levitt being briefly sort of in the film. Did you also notice, uh, his other good luck charm? Ryan Johnson? Mm. He, he has a certain actor that's in every single one of his films. Who is the other one? Uh, Noah Sagan or Sagan. 
Uh, he played the kind of like hippie guy that lives in the house. Daryl. Smoking Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. I, I love Daryl. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Daryl cracked me the fuck up. I think people are going to love the, the Daryl appearances in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I I must have left when he got introduced. So I, I came – the first time I saw him – uh, was when he came into the room and it's the room full of all the glass statues and he's like, just pretend I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> just walks by. So yeah, you mi- like, you you missed him because like they, they, he was he was there when they were you know getting off the dock and everything. So uh, okay, I must have missed that then. That's but yeah. All right, well let's wrap this one up. I still yeah, think overall, people, yeah. I recommend it. Fantastic. Uh, Connor, you're at Cinefied.com. What's going on at the site? Uh, currently, uh, got the Glass Onion review popping up, uh, hopefully Monday in time for the Thanksgiving release. Uh, and then I have in Disenchanted, the new Disney uh, sequel review coming out Friday, I believe. And several other uh, festival films that have yet to be reviewed that will be popping up here soon. So uh, definitely keep eyes out on the site and uh we'll be keeping up with the most recent films from here till the end of the year at the latest awesome yeah uh head on out to cinefied.com check out those reviews uh his review for glass onion will be up like he said on monday and yeah connor it was great being able to see this movie and talk to you about it because i really had nobody else to talk to so so thank you and i appreciate that but uh we will be back we've got some more interviews coming up uh this week and next week we've got i've got patreon content coming so thank you everybody for listening we'll be back uh yeah this weekend you'll get a new episode on sunday so see you then